Good afternoon. I almost feel guilty because I was going over my message and it's like I, I, I timed my message and, and it's like 20 minutes. <laughs> so I was talking to Greg one time about this. And I, I think I, I said, how do you, he said, just talk real slow. <laughs> of course, back in the heyday of the churches of God, if you went to the Feast of Tabernacles, some of those messages lasted, get this, three hours. Wow. I don't, that should be a sin right there. Because <laughs> <clears throat> they say your attention span for sitting in a chair is 30 minutes. That, that's your attention span. So, uh, so maybe I don't feel so guilty. They were, they were going by like Jesus and the multitudes. Yeah. Attention span levels. <laughs> They did. You wonder how much that was that ego driven there. Okay. If you take the word atonement and break it down, one definition is at one ment with God, to be at one with God. Which is uh, you know, you think about it, that's our destiny to be at one with God. You know, Jesus talked about I and the Father, Father in me, that they may be one as we are one. We read those scriptures often, uh, I think, at the Passover service or the New Testament, New Covenant Passover, uh, the concept of being at one with God. So I, I want to talk about uh, getting closer to God. The question is how? How do we do this? And I think maybe the answer would be for all of us, in our desire to get closer to God, would be to uh, what I call a deeper repentance. I mean, if we're going to get closer to God, let's, let's all of us have a deeper repentance. Now, in Second uh, Chronicles 7 and verse 14, it talk, you know, this verse really fits the Day of Atonement also because of what it mentions here. You know this verse. It says, if my people, if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Now that's something that we need right now is a healing of our land with people burning down our cities, rioting, looting, stealing, <laughs> killing, no respect for authority, no respect towards America. We need our land healed, and, but it, it mentions things that relate to the day of trumpet. You know, humble, to humble oneself, and that's, that's the very reason we, we fast on this day. It's self-affliction, to afflict one's soul, to humble oneself. And it is a humbling experience. It really is. Um, pray, seek God's face, turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven. So we need to have a deeper repentance. Our nation needs to, well, first of all, it doesn't need just a deeper, it needs to first have a, a repentance. <laughs> and, and then once we have a repentance, have a deeper repentance. Uh, but I think this is interesting because it, it says, if my people, 
You know, it's easy to look at, well, America, America needs to repent. People out there doing crazy stuff, they need to repent. Everybody needs to repent. You know, the, the rioters, the looters, they need to repent. But this verse says, first and foremost, if my people, so who, who is that? Well, that, that's you and me. That's anyone that claims to be the people of God. So it, it starts with you and me. And remember, it's sort of like that story, Remember a story I related <coughs> several years ago, many years ago, at the feast about the, the starfish. There was a man run, walking along the beach picking up starfish and throwing them back into the water. And, and someone started watching this guy. You know, it's like, what is this guy doing? He keeps picking up starfish, throwing, throwing them in the water. And finally, he, just said, he came up to the guy and said, why are you doing this? Why are you picking up these? He said, well, these starfish will die if they're up, washed up on the shore. So I'm throwing them back in the water. And the guy said, can't you possibly see that, there, first of all, there are thousands of starfish and you cannot possibly make any difference? And he man yet picked up another starfish and threw it in the water and said, made a difference to that one. <laughs> so um, the challenge is, if we really want to make a difference, if we really want to make a difference, it starts with you and me. In our, in our endeavor to have a deeper repentance. So let us be the leaders of a deeper repentance. And it starts with you. starts with me. And I think a deeper, if you think about this, a deeper repentance would affect every area of your life. It would have a, a profound effect on your marriage, on relationships with other people, it would have an effect on your work, your work relation, a deeper repentance, your joy. Okay, we all want more joy. Well, a deeper repentance is probably how you get there. Satisfaction, my, my self-satisfaction, you know, I can't get no satisfaction, you know. Uh, <laughs> okay, if I want satisfaction, a deeper repentance. Uh, happiness, who doesn't want more happiness? We all, we all want to be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Well, how do you get there? Well, probably a deeper repentance. Purpose and meaning in life, if I, if I want to figure that out, or what is my purpose? What is my meaning? Well, probably the way to get there would be through a deeper repentance. Uh, I, I think a deeper repentance would give us all these things that we seek for and pursue. <clears throat> now, I typed in atonement, just dictionary, uh, Google or whatever, and it said this. <coughs> it says, the Day of Atonement is the holiest day of the year for the Jews. Its central themes are atonement and repentance. Jews traditionally observe this holy day with a day-long fast and intense prayer, often spending most, most of the day in synagogue services. Okay, so a deeper repentance. How do, how, how, how do we get there? So let's turn to Psalms 51 and verse 1. And look at a man who <clears throat> I think was brought to a point of, of a deeper repentance. A man who had committed sin. He was found out. His sin was found out. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, be sure your sin will find you out. Uh, eventually it does. And so his sin was found out. He was told, you are the man. You're the one. And this is what he comes to. These are the words 
that basically describes five steps to a deeper repentance here. <coughs> it says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly with my from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight, that you may be justified when you speak, and be cleared when you judge. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you shall make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sin, blot out my iniquities, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your free spirit. So, how do we have, uh, how do we know that we have truly repented? How do we know that we have truly repented? You know, you think about baptism. For many of you, it's been a long time ago. But that was really, when you think about your repentance at baptism, that was an extreme superficial repentance. And I'll explain why in a little bit here. But, uh, so how do we know that we have truly repented? You know, a 20-year span where you continually ask forgiveness of the same sin, is that repentance? Is that real repentance? Uh, is this real repentance? Is it possible to be religious and not repent? Is it possible to be deeply religious and not repent? Well, I want to look at a, I'm going to come back to the five steps to a deeper repentance. We're going to come back to David's, uh, what we went through earlier. But I want to look at, let's turn now back to, uh, we're asking the question, is it possible to be religious and not repent? Acts 8 and verse 9. <coughs> We're going to look at a man here who went through all the motions of religious activity. He was on the merry-go-round of churchianity, let's say. He did all the right things. He went through all the right moves, but he lacked something. What did he lack? Repentance. Acts 8 and verse 9. There was a certain man called Simon which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that he himself was some great one. Now you want to watch those people when it comes to religion. The great ones. <laughs> Especially when they tell you they're a great one. I'm a prophet. I'm a this, I'm a that, you know, whatever. I'm a seer. I, I have a direct link with God. God speaks to me, whatever. You, got, you just need to watch out for those people. Acts 8 and verse 10, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. So the people were deceived, very much so. And to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorcery. So that sort of tells you that the deception was spiritual. 
This is not just your normal run-of-the-day ignorant people falling for something that some television evangelist says. Now this is, this is spiritual also. Uh, and when they believed Philip's preaching and things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondering and beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now notice this. Here is Simon. He's in a religious environment. He's listening to a message about God, about Christ Jesus. From that point, he believes. From that point, he is baptized. He's doing everything right. Okay. Verse 14, now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, uh, that were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was not fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Spirit of God. Now this is why we always emphasize the laying out of hands. It's because here are people who went through the motions, they were baptized, they believed, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, but they had not yet received the Spirit of God. Then laid they their hands on it. So this is one of the scripture that we use to emphasize the importance of the laying on of hands. But again, I'm coming back to Simon. Simon heard a message. Simon believed. Simon was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of hand, the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. <laughs> he offered them money, trying to buy something, special things here. Saying, give me also the power that on whomsoever I lay hands on, he may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perishes with you because you thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent thereof of this wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of sin, or iniquity. Then answered Simon, and he said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have said, spoken come upon me. Now, we don't know what happened to Simon. There are people that speculate that Simon was the original, I guess, author of much of what you see today in mainstream churchianity of such as uh, basically a religion without repentance. A religion that consists of maybe what I call fake healers or, or people you know, doing all kinds of strange things like blowing away the coronavirus. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but there's one, this, this one guy that he claimed he blew it away. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I can send you a link to it if you'd like to watch it, but it, it, it is funny. I mean, it's funny that it's in religion is what's, what's funny. But, um, but they say that maybe he was, went on to establish a huge church, Simon, different kind of church, a false church. That's what some speculate. Um, so is it possible to be religious and not repent? 
Oh, absolutely. We've just seen this guy that went through all the motions, and yet he was in the gall of, bitterness, of, of iniquity, sin. Okay, so <coughs> we're going to look at five steps to a deeper repentance. And we already read Psalms uh, 51. But here are basically the five steps of a deeper repentance. For I acknowledge my transgression. That is the acknowledgement of sin. You acknowledge your sins. Lord, I have sinned. And it's good to know what the sin is. I mean, it's good, you know. Some, sometimes we generalize sin, you know. And we don't get specific, and we probably should get specific. You know, it's like a common prayer, Father, forgive us of our sins. And I think it was Ron Dart said, suppose a big booming voice came out of heaven and said, what particular sin did you have in mind? <laughs> so we, we generalize this stuff. Okay, against you, and, and so that was the first one, uh, right there, acknowledged the sin. Two, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. You confess the sin. Confession, step two. Con you confess the sin. Thankfully, we confess this to our high priest. We have a personal high priest that sits at the right hand of God, ready to make intercession for us, we don't have to go to, you know, like a literal confessional that some churches have. Tell a man, I've sinned. You tell your high priest, Christ Jesus. Okay, that was the second one. Third one, third, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. You ask for forgiveness. You ask for, God, forgive me. Now, <coughs> it's two more, though. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Here we come to a turning away from sin. All right? And the last one, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit to be restored from the wrong done. In other words, your spirit is restored. You, you're able to rejoice now. You, you feel good. You, you, you are happy because of what of the things that you have done. Now, I think a trend often that we can fall into is that a lot of times we get into a pattern of just doing these first three. And then when we sin, we repeat it all over again. And then we do the first three, and then we, we do it all over again, and then we, we keep re having these repeats. And uh, we're good at these first three. But it's these other two that are just that I think is more important. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones you have <coughs> broken may rejoice and then restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Uh, what we are looking for from real repentance is the end result of true repentance. And that, that to me is the end result, uh, result of true repentance. A turning away and being restored, your spirit being restored, where there is joy, gladness, rejoicing, a celebration, a restoration of your spirit that comes from real repentance. And I think if those last two are lacking, it may be lacking real, true repentance. Sometimes we get on the merry-go-round of acknowledge, confess, 
ask for forgiveness. Acknowledge, confess, ask for forgiveness. And we need to focus more. <clears throat> Man, it's tough to talk without, without drinking water. <laughs> uh, we need to focus more on the end result. And this is your end result uh, uh, of true repentance. Turning away and uh, restoring the wrong done where your spirit is restored. Now, what do you do um, what do you do when you realize okay, in my own strength I can't seem to get to the place of real repentance. Because that, that can occur. In my own strength I cannot seem to get to the place of real repentance. There is an answer from the Bible that tells us what is going on in our lives. And, it should, and I think this should give us great encouragement. Romans 2 and verse 4. Let's turn there. Romans 2 and verse 4. If you've gone down in the waters of baptism, you received the Spirit of God, this is something that is going on in your life from that day forward. God is working on you. Romans 2 and verse 4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. It is the goodness of God working in your life that leads us all to real repentance. Now this does not mean that the process of God getting you to real repentance will be good. The process can be downright painful. It can hurt. It can involve, I think, sickness. It can involve confusion. And it takes time to bring us to real. It's a process. We are all a work in, pro in, in progress. You know, we're, we're moving along. Uh, sanctification. Being made right is a process. You don't have to turn there, but for a reference, it's 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16. I love this verse. Every time you look in the mirror and you realize, man, I'm getting older, I think of this verse. For, for which cause we faint not, but though the outward man perish, and that's what you look, realize when you look in the mirror sometimes. It's perishing. <laughs> I'm, I'm perishing. <laughs> Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. What does that scripture tell us? If the inward man is, it, it's telling it, it's, it's a drawn out process of the inward man being renewed day by day as we get older and older and older. But the inward man is being renewed through the power of God's Spirit working in our lives. Now, I know a lot of us will say, and, and people that believe, like once saved, always saved, people that will tell you, oh, that's been settled long ago. I made my decision long ago. Some people, you know, well, I repented when I was baptized. Think about that. You repented to the best of your carnal ability. And you didn't even have the Spirit of God at that moment. Let me repeat that. You, we repented to the best of our carnal ability 
And at that moment, we didn't even have the Spirit of God. Um, God comes into our lives and He says, In my goodness, in my goodness, I'm going to bring all of you to real repentance. So, in conclusion, trust the process that God is doing in your life of becoming at one with God. God is bringing each one of us in this room to a deeper repentance.